Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Gridiron Gang podcast mid-season award show special. Coming to you live in the studio right now, here with the boy, the myth, the man, the legend, fresh off assignment. He's got the notes, he's got the facts, we're here. Juice, what's up, buddy? I'm locked the fuck in, baby, let's go. Sauce is in the building. We have all sorts of awards to break down for you this year at the halfway point of the NFL season. What a season it's been so far. It's crazy that we're already 10 weeks in. 10 weeks in, it's flying by, it's almost over. We're gonna blink, it's gonna be Christmas, next thing you know, so let's get to it. MVP of the season, we're each gonna bring our own thoughts to these awards, so we're each gonna hit off one one per each award here so i'm gonna start us off with the mvp might be a controversial decision this time for me this time around other years past it wouldn't even be a second thought but i'm gonna go right back to the well patrick mahomes um i mean the guy it's he just keeps doing it it feels as though he's having a down year it feels as though he's not playing his best football at large parts but guess what he's still Third in the NFL in passing yards at 2,442 yards. He has a 68.6% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns. He's got a bundle of interceptions with eight this year, also 258 rushing yards. But what this comes down to me, Jesse, you take Patrick Mahomes away from the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Kansas City Chiefs are not a 7-2 and football team. They have arguably a top five worst receiver room in the entire NFL outside of Kelsey, who's a tight end. So I don't even really regard him as a receiver in that room with those guys. Um, So that's what it comes down to for me. I just think he's simply the best player in the NFL. He, for the last five years or whatever now, and he just keeps doing it game in game out. Hasn't played his best yet, but still good enough to get the chiefs to seven and two top of the AFC. So, yeah, I love that pick. I think you can't go wrong with that. I'm, I also agree with you. Definitely the best player of the year. Uh, definitely the best player in the NFL. Not just this year, the last five years, like you said. Um, so yeah, I love that pick, man. Uh, for me, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm gonna have to switch it up with you. But it was, it was close for me. It was a toss up between my pick and Patrick Mahomes. But I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson here. I think he's personally playing the best football of his career. Um, you know, he's actually leading the NFL in completion percentage, 71.5, which is incredible for a, for a guy deemed a running back who can throw. So I think that speaks volumes to his play as a quarterback, especially within the pocket this season. He's also got uh, 1,954 passing yards to go along with nine touchdowns and three interceptions. Also got 440 rushing yards with five touchdowns. Leads his team in rushing as well, Eli. So um, they're also 7-2 and two, like the Chiefs. They're second in the AFC right behind them. Um, I, 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 I do agree with you though. Like Mahomes is like the most valuable guy for his team. If you take him away, that team is terrible. I think if, if Lamar was to go away, this team would still find success. I mean, he's got a lot of good things surrounding him, but I've just been really impressed with his play this year. I think he's playing the best football of his career, Eli. Yeah. I mean, we said it at the start of the season in our preview show, this is the real first year that we were going to get to see Lamar surrounded by actual, like real weapons around him all over to throw the ball to. And I mean, he, he's blown away everyone's, I think, uh, um, expectations. expectations. Right? Yeah. yeah, I just don't think that I would have personally seen him be this good as a pocket passer now. And just his movement inside of the pocket and now with the awareness of knowing when to leave the pocket at the right times, he's not forcing runs, he's not holding on to the ball too long, quick decision making. And like you just said, like he's leading in completion percentage. That's just 
recipe for success with the team he has right now. And unlike, uh, you know, guys like, you know, Josh Allen, who who's also really good at running, he, he doesn't seem to take the big hits, Eli, that Josh Allen takes. He knows when to get down. He knows when to get out of bounds. So he's been pretty good at protecting himself through fucking nine weeks. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching both him and Patrick Mahomes play and, and continue. And I also think a dark horse, I think we can both agree, is probably Joe Burrow, right? Yeah, if it wasn't for the mid-season, a mid-season yeah. award show, I think we're seeing Burrow peak into mid-season form, and he could definitely, at the end of the year, be right there for the real MVP race, for sure. Yeah, no the way doubt. he's playing, the way he's throwing, the way he's moving. Uh, probably the best in the league in the last two weeks that I've seen. He's just looking incredible. So, yeah, that's a definite shout-out for him, trending in the right direction with that whole entire team right now. Uh, let's just stay on the same theme. And I'm going to get to the Offensive Player of the Year since we just talked about two offensive weapons right there. Uh, For me, this came down to, um, once again, this is the Midway Point Award, so this isn't actually how it's going to look at the end of the year. We we have no idea what's going to happen in the last half of the season, but this is just from what we've seen so far. So I'm just going to stick with the guy who's been absolutely remarkable who's just set the record for most games in a row in the regular season for touchdowns that's Christian McCaffrey uh he could do it all in every single way I really think in the same sense that you take Mahomes out of Kansas City you take McCaffrey out of San Francisco and they're losing a whole element that they'd be unable to replicate in any way shape or form without him in that team 32 receptions 292 yards four touchdowns receiving 652 rush yards leading the NFL and nine touchdowns rushing. So, I mean, he's literally doing damage in every way. We've seen him do it his whole career, but now he's truly elevated himself to an incredible, incredible performer in every single week that he touches the field. Yeah, great pick again. I think he's going to finish the year with 20, uh, 20 touchdowns for sure. And he's just like a positionless guy, like we say almost every week. I mean, it doesn't matter if he's doing it running, catching out of the backfield, lined up in the slot using him in motion. I mean, he's just a fantastic football player. And he was definitely in consideration for me too, along with Tyreek Hill. But I'm going to have to go with um, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, A.J. Brown. Uh, so far through uh, the the first uh, nine games for the Eagles, he's got 67 catches, 1,005 yards, and six touchdowns. And, you know, earlier this year, he had the six straight games with 125 yards receiving, which is an NFL record. And the thing that's so impressive with A.J. Brown is um, he just does it in different ways, Eli, you know. You throw him the ball, he can run after the catch, he can break tackles. You can throw him the ball in double coverage, he'll come down with it. He's always open, he's a good route runner, he's a physical specimen. Um, I think he helps Jalen Hurts a lot as a passer. And I just, you know, he's he's just one of those guys that you can't really cover him one-on-one. If you cover him one-on-one, I mean, it, it's simply over, man. Yeah, he's a freak athlete. And there was a time, like, in seasons past where you would say it's bouncing between him and Devontae Smith for that number one role on that team. That's no longer a question. He is a dominant number one receiver now, and he's like easily a number one or two or three, whatever way you want to look at it you got to put respect on his name. We know there's guys out there like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, incredible in their own right, Tyree Kill, you already mentioned, but A.J. Brown is different. He's elevated to an incredible level of football. He just broke the record as well for most games with 125 yards in a row, surpassing a legendary receiver, Calvin Johnson, Megatron. So, I mean, anytime you're mentioned alongside company like that, you're absolutely deserving of that reward at this point. I think he also, when you say he elevates his game, I think he also elevates Hurts. You know, I'm not sure if Hurts is having quite the 
past two seasons he's had developing as a passer without A.J. Brown. I mean, as soon as they made that trade, Hurts' game took another level. And I'm not saying it's only because of A.J. Brown. I'm sure, I mean, I know Jalen Hurts puts in the work, you know, he's dedicated to his craft. But just to have that true number one guy that every single elite quarterback has, except for, you know, your boy Patrick Mahomes, your MVP pick, so... Just wanted to throw that in there as well. Yeah, he's a physical specimen. Like, quite literally, the guy is made of muscle. He's he Batman. Ha- he has no fat on <laughs> no. his body, like, whatsoever. Like, he could dominate and catch balls in any type of way, shape, and form. Uh, yeah, it's just a great pick. Staying on that uh, trending topic, we'll go to Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, I, I mean this, is no this is really, like, almost an undisputed award already at yeah. this point no matter what happens the rest of the year I, I i think it's almost impossible to argue against a cj stroud i mean the guy is absolutely sensational man he's literally doing things we have not seen a rookie quarterback do before yeah. in the nfl he's looking so incredibly poised so incredibly confident in his abilities he's looking so well prepared into every game he's going into he has 14 touchdowns one interception, 22, 70 yards. Uh, and if not for like a, a a ball that went through his receiver's hands off the helmet or whatever, that would that interception would have never happened, could easily be zero right now. I mean, it's just remarkable. He's turned this franchise around completely, brought belief back to the Houston Texans. He's just leading by example on and off the field every week. Yeah, and obviously he's going to be my pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year too. I mean, it's just a no-brainer. He's... Uh... Everything you want in a franchise quarterback, he's showing that week in and week out. Like you said, he's incredibly prepared. Um, he takes his he takes this very seriously, whether whether it's you know practice, watching the film, working on his mechanics. I mean, he's just so consistent, man. Like in the pocket, he's a machine. And I think one of the most underrated things about him is he's just clutch, man. Like he showed it last week against Tampa. He also did it against Atlanta in a game they ended up losing. But it's not his fault. He he went down and led his team down for a game-winning, t- or what he thought was a game-winning touchdown with under a minute left, and the defense wasn't able to close that out. So every single time they need him, they rely on him, he answers the bell. And it, just through watching him, it seems like like the team runs through him, you know? And like you don't really ever see that with rookies, really. I mean, like we said earlier this week, we haven't seen it since Andrew Luck. Uh, I know Justin Herbert had a really good statistical rookie year, but they weren't winning games and stuff like that. Like, CJ, these guys are competitive in almost every single game. They're right there in the playoff hunt, and uh, he's been so impressive to watch, you know, and I just think sky's the limit for this guy, and it's just, like, it's his physical abilities are phenomenal, like, he's got a good arm, but it's, I think what really impresses, what impresses me is his, the mental aspect of the game, his preparation, like we're saying, like, you just don't see that from a guy's this young and this early into their NFL career, I mean, eight games in so far. No, and I think that's a great point you raised with a statistical standpoint for Justin Herbert, a guy like him. And I'd also be remiss if I didn't mention that C.J. Stroud's doing this with no real superstars surrounding him. Like, we saw Herbert coming in. He's got Austin Eckler. He's got Keenan Allen, Mike Mike Williams. Williams. He had those weapons. I mean, this is a real unknown offense. Like, you ask any casual NFL fan before the year who Nico Collins is, they're not going to tell you. They they have no idea whatsoever. He has no run game on this team. At all. I mean, it's crazy what he's doing. It really is. And yeah, he deserves all the praise and then some because he seems like a great guy off the field as well, too. So I'm really happy to see him succeeding the way he is in Houston, hoping to see them continue to push for that playoff run because that'd be really cool. I love everything about the kid, you know, what he brings to the table, the way he conducts himself and carries himself. I think that is like 
what you like I already said that's what you want in your franchise quarterback I mean he cares about the city of Houston you know uh earlier this year he mentioned that they didn't win a home game for like two years and he's like that doesn't fly for him like he wants these fans to come in and get rewarded for coming in paying for their hard-earned money for tickets you know and so just like He's incredibly mature for a 21, 22-year-old kid, man. So, yeah, I'm I'm rooting for him as well. Big game this weekend, tomorrow, or whenever we're dropping this, this Sunday, he's playing Joe Burrow. So, really excited for that one. Yeah, and Jesse, since we just talked about C.J. Stroud, I'm, I'm just going to hop to my coach of the year so far because it's a common theme. It's D'Amico Ryans with C.J. Stroud out there in Houston. I mean, yeah, what can you really say? I mean, we just talked about it all with C.J. already. There's no star power on this team. On e- they're dealing with a ton of injuries defensively. Yeah. They're sitting at four and four. They're in contention for a playoff spot. They have more wins this year already than all of last year combined. I think a lot of the credit has to do with the mentality that D'Amico Ryan's is bringing to this team. Like you could see it almost in the same sense of Dan Campbell out there in Detroit. Like it's that dog mentality. It's that win at all costs yeah. mentality. It's like they literally go into every game feeling like they could win. They don't care who they're squaring off against. I just think you see so well prepared for every game, for every situation. They're not really making many mistakes, and they don't really have a lot of bodies defensively too. So it's really impressive that they're, they are where they are this year. So I got to give it a big shout-out to D'Amico Ryans because he really deserves it at this point. Love the pick. You know, And as a former linebacker for the Houston Texans, I mean, this is truly his dream job, and he's do, he's running away with it. Like you said, this is a really young team. I mean, you could argue their two best players are C.J. Stroud, their second overall pick, and Will Anderson on their defensive end, their third overall pick. So what he's doing with that young core, battling through the injuries, it's simply amazing. Uh, players, coach, you can tell they love playing for him. So that's a great pick, man. And uh, for me, I'm going to go with Kevin O'Connell on the Minnesota Vikings. I just think he's done a really fantastic job. I feel like this team is better than they are last year when they finished 13-4. and I mean, they started, like, what, 0-3 or 0-4 this year. They're now 5-4. and they've, they've lost Justin Jefferson after five games. He's been out the last few weeks with a hamstring injury. They just lost uh, Kirk Cousins. They lost Jaron Reed through in like the first series of the last game and and Joshua Dobbs what he did with him in his first game against Atlantis really incredible I mean every single team that they play whether it's Kirk Cousins Dobbs they're throwing the ball on any single defense you know he used to play quarterback he was on the Patriots for a while and he's just really really showing that he knows how to how to throw in this league and his offense is really creative coming from the Sean McVay coaching tree so I can't say enough good things about him I don't know if they're going to keep it up you know I mean hopefully they can but just what he's done through nine weeks is nothing short of impressive you know and uh he's also I got to give him credit for that home run hire of, of Brian Flores on the defensive side you know he's really transformed that defense that defense doesn't have a lot of stars either it's got Daniel Hunter and a bunch of just guys, you know, and they're playing really well. He's really creative on defense. So I just, I know Kevin O'Connell doesn't coach the defensive side, but that's a great hire from the head guy to go out there and get a guy like Brian Flores. So I've just been really impressed. I think he's building the right kind of culture in Minnesota, and I look forward to continue watching him throughout his career and throughout this season and what he can do with uh, with uh, Josh Dobbs, and, and they should get Justin Jefferson back here probably uh, in the next week or so. Yeah, um... Yeah, it's remarkable. There's no other real word to say. Uh, This stretch that they just went on in the last four weeks, Justin Jefferson going down, 
Kirk Cousins balling out. Kirk playing Cousins at an MVP level, right? Getting now. yeah, I mean, like you could definitely argue Kirk Cousins was playing at well inside a top five quarterback level before getting hurt in the last few weeks, especially. Um, yeah, and then losing him, going with Jaron Hall, losing him to a concussion, having Dobbs come in, not knowing anything about even who he's playing with. Uh, yeah, that just all comes down to great coaching at yeah. the end of the day and the willingness to win in any situation. Like, uh, yeah, it just personifies greatness for sure. And like you said, who knows if they could keep it rolling. Like, you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to bet against them, though, too, because, point, like, yeah. you start believing in winning. And, like, they did that last year. And now they know it doesn't really matter who's there. It's kind of, like, fill the void exactly. scenario and keep it going. They have that winning mentality now in their culture, in their veins. And he's a big part of that. So I think that's a phenomenal pick and a phenomenal point you raised on that one, Jesse. I love that play. Uh, where do you want to hop from here to defensive player of the, the year so far? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, well, I got um, TJ Watt for me. Uh, this guy's just a freak. He's an absolute freak, man. I just really love watching this guy play football. He just embodies what a good athlete is, what a hard-playing athlete is. It doesn't matter what he's doing. He's losing his helmets, finishing sacks. Game-winning interceptions, game-winning fumble recoveries, whatever it is, tackle for losses, constant pressures. He's got 10 sacks this year. Uh, I, I believe he has 39 pressures, uh, 8 tackle for losses. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just think Watt is just truly, truly incredible. Just, just in his intensity, in his approach to the game, you could tell he just fucking loves this shit, man. Like, just absolutely loves it, lives for it, breathes it, whatever you want to say. He just brings it every single game, man. He never, ever, ever dips in form. He just keeps it up, constantly pressuring everyone against him. Yeah, he's a phenomenal football player. I mean, he's more than just a pass rusher. And it's tough this year, man. Like, I, oh, it's, like, it's I mean, insane. like, there's a number of players at the halfway point playing at such a ridiculous level. So, I mean, like... You could really pick whoever the hell you want between them. It's yeah. just these little type of nuances that stick out in different ways in my mind prominently, and that's just part of the reason why he stands out. So Yeah, he's a phenomenal. Like I said, he's more than a pass rusher. He's the heart and soul of that defense. He does a lot, whether it's deflecting passes, pressuring the quarterback, interceptions, touchdowns. I mean, he really does it all, Eli. Uh, for me, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's just, there's, I think there's four guys playing out of their brain right now, and that's TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, and Mika Parsons. Like video know? game level. Video game stuff. numbers, um, just these guys, they pop every single week, and I think if you were to have, it's going to come down to those four, and uh, I don't really think you can go wrong with it, either of them. You no, know? you it's can't. It's really just to pick them, and so I'm going to go with uh, Miles Garrett, you know, just, I think he's the, you know, I think he's the number one guy on the, arguably the number one defense in the league. Um, he's got nine and a half sacks, 18 QB hits. He's actually tied with TJ Watt with, uh, for in the lead with QB hits. He also has 39 pressure, seven tackles for losses, leads the league with four forced fumbles, and he also leads the league in um, pass rush win rate, which is just incredible. It's, uh, it's slightly over 26%. So, you know, he's always winning his reps, and whether he's not getting to the quarterback, he's always making impact plays. And then there's just that ridiculous game that he had against the Colts where he was just all over the place deflecting passes, jumping over the line, blocking field goals. So, I mean, he's a freaking freak. He's got the most sacks ever by 
his 28th birthday, and he's not even 28 yet. He turns 28 in December. Hard so. to believe because it feels like he's been around for a he's long time. He's been in the league, already, yeah, you know? I know, former number one pick. And, you know, the best thing about this is him and TJ Watt, they're in the same division. And this is going to go right down to the wire, man. And, you know, just these, some of these pass rushers that are in the league, I mean, it's just it's a special time, man. Like, it is. you don't recall, like, you know, like, at least I don't recall growing up and seeing these many game records in the yeah league. like I mean, dominant dominant for the players, longest time man. it was you know von miller jj watt and aaron donald and now like besides these four you know there's daniel hunter too there's yeah there's a. guys Hutchinson. playing at a really high level it's all over crazy, the place man. that we're not even mentioning yeah, exactly so i think uh you know the league's in good hands here and yeah so i just i i think you know for as good as miles garrett has been throughout his career he's never won the defensive player of the year yet and uh, I think he's got a good chance to do it if he can continue his play and stay healthy. And he's got a big one this week against Baltimore. And if he can, you know, wreak havoc in that game, that'll only solidify uh, what I think is the defensive player of the year so far. Yeah, and why, yeah, I love that pick too. And why these two, for me personally, stood out the most is because these teams are winning games because of their defense. Yeah, and mainly these two guys. Like, mainly these guys leading the way on both the teams. Like, Nothing against Mika Parsons. I just believe that Dallas has a much better offense than either of these teams. Oh, yeah. And Max Crosby, I mean, I'm sorry. He's fucking phenomenal, but he's on the Raiders, and I can't take that franchise serious. They're smoking cigars. They got a losing record. I, I can't take them for real, but he himself is having a ridiculous season by any measure so he deserves a big shout out too just on an individual yeah, level absolutely. but when you talk about two five and three teams who have no right to be five and three it's these two guys and that's why they are where they are so they they they're good like you said that's gonna come right down to the wire at the end of the year between these two teams for probably the last playoff spot in the AFC as well at at, at some point too so I also like just to echo on what you were saying about Max Crosby for me as a Broncos fan, it's always FTR, man. It's always fuck the Raiders. I hate the fucking Raiders. But he is just incredible, man. I can't say anything bad about him. I love the way he plays football. He almost never takes a snap off. Uh, he's a true difference maker. I just think the thing that's going to bite him in the end is I don't think the Raiders' defense is going to be good enough. And, you know, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Mika Parsons, these are these are top five, top ten defenses at the end of the day. And and usually when, when people uh you know vote for this kind of stuff, they factor that in. So I just wanted to to make that point to you. But shout out Max Crosby, fuck the Raiders. Completely fuck agree. you, Mark Davis. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't I mean, yeah, whatever. I, I just don't even like talking about nah, them. Nah. Hate watching that yeah. team except for Max Crosby. Anyways, uh defensive rookie of the year award for me it's gonna be like a little bit out of left field here um I just really like watching him so far this year I like the way he plays the game I just feel like he deserves some credit a shout out of sorts because no one really even talks about this guy no one really even knows about him outside of Detroit and us and it's Brian Branch man and I mean he's he's just like Every time you watch the Lions' defense, and they're playing really well as a defense this year, collectively outside of one game, he's flying around the field, man. He's all over the place. He has 26 solo tackles. He already has a pick six, and it was a big pick six for him in a big game and a big win. Um, was that against the Chiefs, right? Was it that game? Yeah, yeah, to debut. Yeah, debut the season. Um yeah, it's it's just hard to really. I mean, there's it's hard to justify when you have other guys across the league doing what they're doing. But I just feel like this guy 
is playing at a really, really high level as a rookie in a very difficult position that we've seen a lot of rookies struggling. So, yeah, I just wanted to give him a shout-out, just say, you know, we, we got big respect for you over here and everything you're doing. If you happen to be tuning in, listening to us, you earned it. You earned my pick anyways, so keep up the great play the rest of the year because he's standing out on that team in a big way, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Brian Brown's just, he's having a phenomenal rookie season. He's looking like a true veteran out there, the way he plays, and... For me personally, the way when I watch him play, he, he he seriously reminds me of Honey Badger when Honey Badger was in his prime. Yeah, and, you know he's he he can play similar traits, man. Right, he can play in the slot, he can play out wide, he can play safety. He's always crowding the line of scrimmage. He's stuffing the stat box week in and week out. He's the exact same number as him, number thirty two. So, I just I can't help but think when I'm watching him, I'm watching you know Honey Badger from back in the that's day. That's a great point, man. Um, that's a great pick, man. I love it. Under the radar pick too. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Spoon Devin Witherspoon though. I think this guy has already a top five corner for my money. Um, you know, and and he's playing nickel. He's playing in the slot when he didn't play that at all in college. Uh, he's got 39 solo tackles, 10 assisted, 49 total. Um, he's got two sacks, one interception, and it was a pick six against the Giants on Monday Night Football. And that was like, you know, that that was like his coming out party. You it know? was. That was a you know, incredible game. And the thing that I really strikes me about him is he's he's like a heat seeking missile. He's like for a guy his size He's fearless, man. He's fearless, man, and he loves to hit. He loves contact. He's a physical corner. Um I know I'm just a nerd, so I, I like comparing these guys, but he reminds me of Rondé Barber who played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, in the slot. He's a very similar player. Um yeah, I think he's already the best defensive player on that team. And that team's got a couple couple really good players Bobby Wagner Tariq Woolen Jamal Adams I think this guy sets the tone though um he flies around he's locked up Jamar Chase he was dominant in that Monday night football win and I think he's just going to continue to get better and better and yeah man I think I think those are the two best rookies that we just nailed I know Jalen Carter gets a lot of love but these two have been absolute difference makers and in larger roles for yeah that's where it comes down to for me Jesse just to jump in it's like Jalen Carter has been so phenomenal and he's playing such limited amount of football it's hard to argue about how incredible he's been but in terms of value to the teams I think it's very hard to justify that the Eagles would struggle without him because that's just not true like they have a committee there they're rotating guys around and they have so many talented players stacking that front seven so nothing against Jalen Carter he's been incredible by any measure this year for sure and a phenomenal draft pick at where they got him at a steal absolute steal but uh yeah what you just said about Witherspoon I mean like he just he he brings this crazy energy man. yeah like this incredible energy and it's like it doesn't even come off as cockiness it comes off as confidence right dog, like he man. just has that like i know i'm the best guy yeah, out here type yeah. of like you got that vibe from him right it's so it's like it's almost like I'm, I'm not saying he's Deion sanders like when Deion sanders played but it's that kind of mindset you know you step on the field and you know you're great and you believe in yourself and you bring that mentality to the defense to the other 10 guys in the huddle so i think that's a great point that you make eli yeah he just uses it man he had yeah he's got that crazy swagger to him and i yeah i respect the shit out of his game there's no doubt about it that he's been a standout every time he's played so far for sure um i think does that bring us to our comeback player yeah, of the year yeah all right, Jesse, who you got for comeback player this of the year, This was tough man? because um, 
You know, I, I don't... It's hard to quantify what comeback player uh, means. I, I just want to get that, that out yeah. there because people could say a whole lot of different things. Like, oh, he might have sucked this year. He might be coming back from injury. Yeah, he might have exactly. had a heart attack and died on the field in front of our eyes. Yeah. It might be a whole number of things. Like, there's a lot of different ways to actually justify what your understanding of comeback player is just to get that all out there, yeah. right? So, so I'm going to just start this off with saying, you know, I want to shout out DeMar Hamlin because... I know he hasn't played much this year, but to even for what happened to him last year and to come out this year and even have the courage to step on a football field and have that kind of, you know, confidence. I mean, I mean, I just, I respect that a lot, but for me, like he hasn't done anything like of significance this year uh, for me to give him that award. Um, it's nothing against him, but no, I'm, no. I'm just going to give it to like somebody. What you're saying is bigger than football because he brings a type of belief everywhere he goes yeah. with him for all sorts of scenarios of life, and that deserves its own respect. But we're just simply talking about performance yeah. on the field with this award. So yeah, this he deserves everyone's love, praise, whatever it wants to, yeah. whatever you want to call it. He deserves it all and then some because what he did was incredible and what we all saw was horrifying. Exactly, so man. yeah, he deserves that shout out. But yeah, this is just in terms of Play how players yeah. have played this year compared to last year. And like, I never know, you know, whether to base it off of some guy who's bounced back from having a really bad year off year, whatever you want to say, or somebody who's coming back from an injury. So, you know, I know that Ryan Tannehill won it a few years ago when he got his first chance in, in Tennessee, and that's kind of what I'm going to base it off. So I'm going to go with Russell Wilson for the Broncos. Um, you know, just as a Broncos fan, I was so excited last year, and he was fucking terrible. He was awful. just awful. He looked lost. He was overweight. He looked like he never fucking played the position before. He was doing high knees on the plane while the boys were trying to sleep. You know, he was just thumping his Bible left and right and not practicing. Own office in the building and to come out and have 16 touchdowns while making $49 million. I mean, that's that's insane. You know, that's insane. And like, for anybody that watched the Broncos last year, all the heat that he took, everybody's saying he's washed, he's this, he's that, he's a cornball, he's this, he's that. Um, to come back this year and just to have the kind of season he's having, you know, the Broncos are only three and five, but he has um, 1,613 passing yards, 200 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's taking good care of the football. He's efficient in the red zone. He's uh He's starting to. He's. This is it. Like, this is his third offense in three years. His third new offensive coordinator, offensive coach in three years. And these last few weeks, he kind of seems like he's getting the hang of Champagne's offense. Kind of, kind of learning what he wants, what Champagne wants out of him, what he wants to do with this offense. And so I think he's bounced back in a big way. He's already matched his total touchdowns from last year passing. And uh, just all the criticism that he took from me, from Broncos fans, from especially the media. And it was well-deserved. It was well-deserved. He 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 played terrible. And with that contract that he was given to have that kind of play, it was really bad. People really thought that coming into this year, like nobody really knew if if he was truly done or not. And I think he's bounced back in a big way. He's blocked out all that noise. Um, it, It seems like, you know, the locker room is kind of rallying around him this year, which what we didn't see last year, you know, and... He's hanging out with the team, and he's kind of being a little bit more personable. So uh, that's just my pick. It was a tough one. You know, there's a lot of guys deserving. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, this list is definitely wide and expansive. You could go in a number of ways. I, I don't 
hate that pick at all. I think that's a great pick because he's playing at a really high level in terms of efficiency, especially in terms of where it matters most, which is the red zone, which is putting up points, which is not turning the ball over like we saw him doing last year. Uh, Yeah, what did you say, 19 touchdowns? He's got 16 right now. 16 already and and only four interceptions. Yeah, and last year he had 16 touchdowns. In the whole entirety of the year. In the whole year and 11 interceptions. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's playing at a really high level where it matters most, and that's getting touchdowns when they need to. And we just saw him win a huge game beating the Kansas City Chiefs for the first time in how many years, right? Exactly, and to be the quarterback of the team that did that, I mean, you know, that's good for him. No, it's a special win. It's a special divisional win, and it, it inserts a belief dynamic into the whole franchise doing stuff like that and that's where my pick comes from it comes from belief man it comes from a guy going out there and just playing football and that's in the purest sense of the form like this guy brings pure energy to the field every time it's baker mayfield we all know his story we all know the highs the lows all this jumping around the league the number one pick everything that comes along with it we saw him bounce around what two different, three got, different teams last year yeah, he alone. He got dicked around with that Deshaun Watson situation, you know, as I'm bringing him in, and and he didn't really deserve to even like he played good for he had some good moments in Cleveland. Yeah, and then we saw him end up in Carolina for a while there, not really get much of a chance. We saw him play a couple times in L.A., not get much opportunity nope. filling in for Stafford there while Stafford was hurt. I I just think he's been a real bright spot for a Tampa Bay Bucks team that's older, that's slowing down, that needs energy. I mean, this Tampa Bay team's quite literally defensively terrible and could very well have lost every single game this year if not for Baker. Baker's putting up a a wonderful year by any sense of the word. Uh, He has a 64.9% completion percentage, very high, 12 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Uh... Yeah, and it's just it's just like I said, like that type of swagger that he brings to the field every time he plays. I think the guy just loves football, man. Yeah, I don't does. I don't think a lot of people love the game in this it's type true. of form that he does. Like he literally plays the game like a kid going out playing, but he makes a lot of good decisions too and he's not turning the ball over much and he's giving them a chance to win on a weekly basis with a team that's really not playing very good football outside of the offense. I mean, like I'll go one step even further than you. I think he's been, like, the lone bright spot for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, he like, really has. You know, he's had some really good games. And like we said earlier in this week, even that loss on Thursday night to Buffalo, like, he played a really good game. He's the only reason that team was even in the game. Yeah, and that he, was only a six-point loss in a exactly. game where they had no... And, and he threw that Hail Mary. Like, if Godwin just turned around on time, he would have won caught. that game. Yeah, he was, like, literally so, open. Like, that I was think a he, 70 I think, Yeah, I think he's having a really good year, a great bounce-back year. And to echo on your point where you're saying he loves football, how many former number one picks in their, what, this is his fifth year, um would be playing on a $5 million contract. Like, he took a low contract so he could have a chance to He wanted to, to start, man. Yeah. He doesn't want to sit on the yeah. bench and with he a wasn't, bigger contract. He wasn't given this uh, this starting job. He, it was a battle in camp. He went on and won it. Uh, he's proving why, and, you know, their team has not been good. Their defense was supposed to be the strong point of their season. He has absolutely... They have the worst run game in the NFL, period. Yeah, they do. And uh, I, I think that if he continues to play the way he is, they're going to be 
in games and in, in not a very strong division, you can't write him or that team off quite yet as long as he's playing the way he is, Eli. Yeah, and for me, for Baker, it's like he's come back in two ways too, like on the field and off the he's field. He, so he's much. shown so much maturity, and that goes a long way with me and how I view people and my, how I rate my opinions on them as well because like you could see him growing before your eyes in that maturity level off the field and in his leadership role as well, just in the way he's talking now and his mannerisms, yeah. not getting caught up in any off-field bullshit like no. he might have in the past. So He's like 27, 28, yeah. he's acting like it. Yeah, exactly. Like he's acting his age, he's a great leader for that team, and uh, I think those are some great points that you just made, man. Yeah, man, so I'm, I'm cool with that and I'm cool with him. So I, I guess that really like brings us down to... Where do we see the season going from here, Jesse? Yeah. That's all. That's what everyone wants to know. If we all had a crystal ball, we'd all be placing futures on it right now and getting some big paydays. But what what is the Super Bowl look like to you this year? Well, uh, this is a tough one. I think for me, the NFC, I see it clearly as the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Um, I think, you know, a few weeks ago, I thought San Fran was the best team in the NFC, but after their couple of shaky starts. I know it was like they were missing Debo, they were missing Trent Williams. Um, I just think Philadelphia continues to, they win in close games, um, which is kind of scary. You know, you can't win close games all year round, but I just, I don't think they've even hit their stride yet in playing their best football. And the thing that really impresses me with the Eagles is they win in different ways, you know, whether it's running with Swift, Gainwell and company for 150, 200 yards, or Jalen Hurts throwing the ball over the, all over the yard to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Godart, uh, or just their pass rush closing games out, closing close games out because they're always fresh, rotating bodies in. Um, my NFC pick is the Eagles. The AFC is a lot tougher, man. I mean, there's the AFC is incredibly, incredibly deep. There's a lot of good teams. There's teams that are 3-5 and five and 4-4 four and four that have legitimate chances to get into the playoffs. And, and make a run from there. Yeah, too. there's yeah. still so much games left. Like, I think there's some teams that are three and five and four and four that are better than like the five and three Browns and Steelers, like we were saying. Like, um, but for me, it's gonna come down. I think you know how bullish I am on this team as of late. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are gonna come out of the AFC. I just think it's their time with a healthy Joe Burrow. He's playing a really good football. I mean, you're never gonna have me say that anybody's better than Patrick Mahomes. But Joe Burrow is always going to be my second guy. I think he's playing really good football right now. Um, you, you know, he's healthy. You forget just how athletic he is within the pocket. He's hard to get to. He's hard to bring down. He's a slippery son of a bitch, to be quite honest with you. And I think their defense is starting to come along. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, Hubbard, and that, that secondary. I really am a huge fan of their defensive coordinator, Lou, Anamar Lou Anamaru. I think he should be a head coach, quite frankly. And he's at his best in the playoffs. Joe Burrow's at his best in the playoffs. And as long as this team can stay healthy, that's going to be my AFC pick, Eli. Yeah. I'm going with the Bengals versus the Eagles. Um, I think that would be a pretty fun Super Bowl. Yeah, what too. a Super Bowl that would be, right? That, that would be something to get everyone's juices going. That would be an incredible matchup of two incredible teams. Joe Burrow's just so special. He's just like... When he's at his best, he's a true pleasure to watch for any neutral yeah. fan of football in general. He does things that not a lot of people can do in ways that he sees not a lot of things people can see. So I think that's a great couple picks right there. I think that'd be a hell of a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I'm going to take an alternate route to the Super Bowl because all my experience in the, in the NFL watching it is just how unpredictable the NFL really is. We all see these things. We all 
have our own little perceptions of how we rate teams, of how they get to where they're going. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I'm just going to go with the Jacksonville Jets and Trevor Lawrence. That's my boy! And I'm going to just say why. I'm going to say this is a team playing at an incredibly high level right now. This is a team who last year finished the season playing at an incredibly high level. We've seen them develop into winners, a winner mentality. They have a coach who quite literally pulled off one of the craziest Super Bowl wins that you could ever have in recent memory. Nick Foles was the fucking Super Bowl MVP. Philly special, baby. Nick Foles. Just Nick Foles, dude. B-D-N. We're We're talking Trevor Lawrence and Nick Foles. This is two different quarterbacks that we're talking about in two different situations. The Jags have so many positional threats right now that I think there's a number of ways that they could beat you every single week. And we're seeing their defense transform before our eyes into one of the hardest hitting and toughest defenses for anyone to come across and play against. You really can't. And the stats back that up. Yeah, and he's just got Evan Ingram at tight end who he has so much confidence in and getting those... That's his favorite guy. The yards that he needs go to him every time. I think Christian Kirk is so underrated. For so long now, I think we've seen him perform at a really high level for a really long time and get no credit whatsoever for doing so. And they have an ultimate wild card in Calvin Ridley. Our guy. Who, at his best, he's great. Yeah. And he's been disappearing at times this year. Maybe he's saving his best for when it matters most. Maybe that's going to be what gets him over the edge with Etienne as well, leading that backfield. Etienne's having a great year. I'm a big fan of this team. I'm a big fan of... Doug Peterson as a coach, I have so much respect in him for everything that he's done. He just seems like a really bright guy to me and knows how to get the most out of his guys. He's a great coach. Yeah, I just think Trevor Lawrence seems so ready to me, man. He's so poised. He's he's got a crazy stoic persona about him that at his age, it's hard to look at him and see him for what age he is. I can't help but look and see like a 37-year-old grown man. 15-year vet. You know what I mean? Like a guy who's been there, done it all. So I think his time is now. I think he's going to have to go through the land of killers to get there. But in the land of killers, you got to be willing to shoot your shot when yeah. you get it, right? And they got a real good chance of getting that. And this is a real seed. shot this they year, right? This is a real shot. And we'll see what happens. Like you said, this is a carousel in the AFC. Oh. It's an absolute, like, it's, a gauntlet, it's really, really hard to envision exactly what's going to happen. And there's a number of ways it could go, but that's the way I'm going to go with it. And for the NFC, for me, it is the aforementioned, you just talked about them, San Francisco 49ers. You know, maybe uh, don't give up on them so fast, you know? Some teams go through these moments in the season, sometimes it's weeks, sometimes it's a whole month. You hope to see them figure it out sooner than later. I think this is a really special football team, man. You you just added Chase Young to this defensive group. This defensive group needed energy. They yeah. needed a little bit of a shift, a, a dynamic shift, a paradigm shift, if you will, going forward. And I, I, I feel as though maybe he won't be a game breaker, but maybe he'll bring that energy that brings up the energy in the, in the whole Opposite defensive. Opposite that, that's, that's, that's a scary proposition for teams to match up with. Um... But it comes down to Brock Purdy for me. And Brock Purdy's this type of guy where everyone loves to hate on this guy. He was just forgotten about in the draft, the last pick. There's so many reasons why people want to nitpick and look at him in the wrong type of way. I think we've seen him play some really good football all year, even in their losses. He's had one bad game in my mind, and that was in miserable conditions at Cleveland. 
Against a very, very good defense. Other than that, we've seen him have bad plays. We haven't seen him have bad games, right? And one of them, allegedly, he was concussed at a certain point, kept playing, and his statistics fell apart from there. They lost the game. Say whatever you want. Christian McCaffrey is a guy who's going to win football games for you. Debo Samuel is going to win football games for you. George Kittle is a winner. Ayuk has evolved into a really good receiver this year. Yeah, I just I look at this whole team and I just see revenge, man. I just see them being wronged in a way where they played against an incredible Philadelphia team last year. They had the injuries, they had no one at quarterback. It sucked to watch. No one wanted to watch the game go that way. I think they win that game with Brock Purdy And, and I, I think this year they're gonna get that matchup again. I don't know whose stadium it'll be in, probably Philadelphia's, but I, I just see that exact same matchup and I see San Fran coming out on top this time. And I think it's gonna come down to the last play, most likely, because yeah. those those two teams are something special this year with special personnel. So I think uh, I love it, man. And I think with Sam Fran, you know, they're getting Debo back this week, and they're they're zero three without Debo. I think he's he's truly like the X factor for them, man. He's a presence. He's, he man. sets the tone. He's physical. He can run. He can catch. And he just brings attitude, man. Like he brings that attitude, that confidence. Like we we're talking about with Spoon, he brings that for Sam Fran. They don't really have another guy like that, you know. He's carrying the boombox out when they're coming out, like. In football, you you like guys like that are important to a locker room, man. And when you and like he's still there at the games, but he's not he's not coming out with that same attitude, like as if he. I was mean, playing. there's just this one image of Debo that's so prominent in my mind, and that's when they lost and he didn't leave the field, and he looked like literally like a lost human like, being. Against the Rams, it right? looked like his soul yeah. was like outside of his body at that point, and like that's when you understand how much certain people care. Yeah. It comes down to so much more than money for these guys who are truly at the top of their craft. And he's a guy, quite literally, who does not get enough credit in my mind. I think he's one of the best in the entire NFL at everything he does. He's one of my favorite players in the whole league just because I love the way he plays, man. Like They give him the ball in the backfield. He he can run routes. He can go deep. I just love how physical he is, man. I love it. Yeah, he he brings a crazy mentality to the game that... Yeah, I don't know. So that's it for me. It's the Jags 49ers. That might not be the craziest cup of tea for everyone, but I would love, I love to see it. that matchup. I, I think that'd it. be a great Super Bowl, and I, I hope I hope one of these two uh, predictions and, comes to life in the future here. And just to, to go off your point about how, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he's just super calm for his age. Like, last year he threw four picks in the first half of that playoff game. And they and, won. And he came back and he led a, a 27-point comeback. That was man. nuts, how, dude. Like, you you can't get too high and too low playing this game, and he proved that. That was a crazy game of football. And I win, think man. that getting that initial playoff win for that very very young Jags team is going to help them this year in the playoffs. Like they, like you said, like Doug Peterson, he's he's learning them how to win, and I I really like that pick. And you know I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence guy, so I mean I would love to see that. You know I mean if it's not my Broncos, if it's not your Saints, I would love to see that. Yeah, and we don't have any biases here. We, we don't have, like. We're not thinking that we don't. I, I, you know, like I, I'm I, a realist. I, I want to yeah. see my Saints there. Yeah. I don't believe it right now, but yeah. who knows? I mean, a lot can change in eight, nine more weeks, right? And yeah. then we'll see at that point heading into the playoffs potentially for either. Of our That's teams. the thing is all of this that we're basing, all, you know, our picks, our predictions. There's only these teams have only played eight, nine games. There's still eight, nine games left to play for all these teams. A lot can happen. Teams get healthy. Teams get injured. So. Keep that in mind. We're just shooting our shot. We, we don't have a crystal ball out here. You know, we're just two guys that love football, love doing this for you guys. And 
Just want to give our, our thoughts and our opinions. Yeah, out we're there, just man. the Gridiron Gang podcast. Yeah. Keep it a hundred. Mid season special show, and we're just gonna dish out these picks, and we'll we'll look back at the end of the season and see how they transpire. And hopefully, I was right and Eli was wrong, and all is good in the world, man. Yeah, and that wouldn't be big of a surprise either. <laughs> so we'll see what happens from there. Thanks for joining with us on this special edition show. Hope you guys liked. The yeah, extra we really content. hope. Yeah, we really hope you enjoyed this, and we'll be catching you guys after this set of uh, games this weekend. Enjoy your Sundays, gang. Adios, amigos. Gang, gang.